Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We will be leaving for Arkansas next week for our Starseed Quest, so our next show after tonight will be March 31st. And remember, Mercury is retrograde now for the next two weeks, and you can learn about that online, but generally it's not a good time to start anything new, buy electronics, or sign contracts unless you were born with Mercury retrograde. So our special guest this evening is Debbie A. Anderson, who is one of the leading experts in North America on the use of oracle cards. Her four acclaimed, gorgeously illustrated vibrational energy decks for adults and children have sold more than 20,000 decks. An internationally known clairvoyant, born in England, she experienced spirit-communicating phenomenon from early childhood, saw people who had passed over, knew information about people that she could not have known otherwise, and could see future occurrences. Debbie was told that she was at risk of being institutionalized as a psychotic, so she suppressed her gifts, as many of us do. Venturing out gingerly, she started using the tarot to guide friends and realized that it was not just the cards providing guidance. She was using her intuitive skills to augment what was on the card. At the Arthur Findlay College in Stansted, Essex, UK, which she says was like attending Hogwarts during her 20s, she began to explore the mediumship side. Eventually, Spirit directed Debbie to apply those skills to creating her own decks to help people clear and enhance their personal vibrational energy. In the process, she became aware of how to guide individuals on maximizing their own intuitive skills through the use of oracle cards. And Debbie has developed specific steps that enable anyone to get the most success out of any oracle deck and to heighten their intuitive skills. You can visit her website, which is vibrational-energy.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not, not normally heard in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Debbie. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our weekly show notices. Well, they're biweekly now um, if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself, and coming soon with Rebecca also. And please be aware that due to a massive global starseed activation, our waiting lists are now at at least six months until we get our new astrologers uh, trained. And this is great news for the planet, but we do need to expand our team to meet the demand. So your understanding and patience is much appreciated. 
And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing, and that only takes a few days. But if you want the Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, you do need to order at least six months ahead of your birthday so you get it before your birthday. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia and her wonderful Starseed News. Let me get your button open here. Anastasia, hang on a second. The button isn't – where did you go? Oh, I'm sorry. The screen jumped up. Sorry, Anastasia. Okay, we're on go now. (laughs) Y'all don't know how much I appreciate this applause. It's just great. Thank you so much. Boy, it's been a couple of weeks. It's good to be with you. We have lots of news to cover. And, uh, gosh, it's March 3rd, so time is moving on, and it's wonderful. Spring is returning a little bit. And as a consequence, I have a plugged-up nose, so I hope you can understand me, and I'll try not to sneeze, okay? Um, we've got, I'm going to start out with space news this morning. Um, this is pretty exciting, and I'll bet you, all you listeners sitting out there, and most of the people everywhere think we just have one moon, right? We have a moon, one moon. Well, guess what? Right. Yeah, well, Earth has acquired an additional moon. Sort of, Really? In the skies above Earth, astronomers tell us, astronomers with the Catalina Sky Survey have spotted what they say will be a new companion, an asteroid temporarily captured by our planet's planet's gravity. They're calling it a mini-moon. Well, they say it's temporary, but you know it might not be temporary. Actually, we could be watching some cosmic history in the making. This may very well be how we acquired the moon that we call the moon. This asteroid, or mini-moon, in our Earth's gravity is named 2020 CD3. It's a small chunk of what they believe to be carbonaceous rock between 6.2 and 11.5 feet in diameter. Little bitty thing. But here's the kicker. The rock's trajectory indicates that it's been in orbit around Earth for already three years. It's been up there, and it's not budging. A mini-moon called 2020 CD3. I'm going to stake that one, okay? I'll just stand on it yeah. and uh, build my little colony up there on that 11-foot moon. Anyway, I thought that was very interesting. That could be history yeah. in the making, cosmic history. Who knows what? It might collect more dirt over time. Who knows? Someday, a billion years from now, it might be really big. Who knows? But anyway, and we have a very interesting story about a black hole uh, coming out from the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft that left Earth on the 8th of September 2016 to study the asteroid Bennu, B-E-N-N-U. But last fall, one of its experiments detected something very surprising. It was a radiation flare from a black hole. OSIRIS-REx launched with a suite of instruments meant to measure X-rays that this asteroid spits out after the sun irradiates it. But the imager spots other X-ray phenomenon, too. So, for example, all kinds of X-rays. And they did discover an X-ray from a black hole called Maxi J0637-043. This black hole is a mere 30,000 years light, light years away. And they've detailed their findings in a press release from NASA Goddard Spa, uh, Space Flight Center. And they tell us that this is the first time ever a black hole outburst has been measured scientifically from deep space. They're all excited about that. And SpaceX, 
their Starship SN-1 prototype has blown up during a pressure test on its Texas pad. Mm, Prototype for SpaceX's Starship Super Rocket was destroyed Friday night during a pressure test on its pad at the company's South Texas facility. Streaming video from Boca Chica showed the silo-shaped tank assembly for the prototype, known as Starship SN-1, was covered in light and vapor during the test. They conducted this test with inert uh, liquid nitrogen, and later in the evening the tank popped. The structure imploded as it flew into the air and then collapsed to the ground. Initial reports suggest that the tank suffered a failure during pressurization, and information about potential injuries or the extent of damage has not been available yet. Uh, So far, nothing. Now, this prototype was designed for initial rounds of tests. SpaceX plans to use future Starship prototypes for more ambitious tests that would build up to eventual orbital flights. And SpaceX, I will say, has said, try, try, try again. They will keep after it. Yeah, but don't try with Mercury retrograde. (laughs) You know, that's a very good point, huh? Exactly. Well, here's some more space news for you. They have discovered an extraterrestrial protein in a meteorite for the very first time. This is a discovery of a novel protein in a meteorite that strengthens the argument that life's building blocks arrived from space. Scientists have discovered a full, previously unknown protein inside a meteorite for the first time. They have named it hemolithin, and it contains iron and lithium and may play an important role in seeding life on habitable planets like Earth. Scientists uh, scientists from Harvard and other companies discovered hemolithin in a meteorite known as Acer 086, which was found in Algeria in 1990. Now, they tell us this is a fairly small protein made up mostly of the amino acid glycine and capped with iron, oxygen, and lithium atoms. And they say that while all those pieces are well known on Earth, it's the particular arrangement of them that has never been seen on Earth before. Same elements, different arrangement. Now, hemothalin is the latest piece of evidence in the mounting case that life's building blocks began stacking in space and were delivered to Earth and possibly other planets through impacts by space rocks. Plenty of individual amino acids, which, as you probably know, are the building blocks that make up the proteins of life, have been found in meteorites and comets in the past. They found amino acid precursors, sugars, organic materials, and certain shaped molecules, all vital for life, have been detected in space or meteorites as well. So all of the elements to create life are floating out there in the cosmos. And they discovered one from a uh, uh, meteorite um, that they, somebody picked up here in Algeria. Well, on to earth changes and what's going on with the weather and the climate. You've probably heard already that hundreds of buildings were destroyed from nighttime tornadoes that tore through Nashville, Tennessee. One of the twisters hit downtown Nashville, collapsed about 40 buildings around the city. One of those was a concert venue that had just held an event for presidential candidate Bernie Sanders ahead of today's Super Tuesday voting. Local authorities reported the fatalities across a landscape that was littered with blown-down buildings, snapped power lines, and 
huge uprooted trees. Now, so far, up to 22 deaths are reported, and 150 people have tallied as injured. Some polling stations have been moved and others opened an hour late as Super Tuesday voting began today. Schools have already closed for voting, and they'll be kept closed this week and beyond to handle the repairs. Courts, transit lines, an airport, and the state capitol have been closed. A historic church lost its bell tower and stained glass windows. Tennessee was not the only state to experience dangerous weather overnight. The severe weather wrecked about 20 to 30 buildings and homes in Hill County, Alabama. And boy, have we had some uh, mass deaths of animals in the last couple of weeks. We'll start out by with talking about birds in India. India has a wonderful a species of birds called white-throated laughing thrushes. And around 50 of these white-throated laughing thrushes died mysteriously in the forests of India. The birds were found dead today. Eyewitnesses have been reported the matter to have been reporting the matter to authorities, and they uh, tell us that the birds either fell dead out of the trees or died instantly after falling to the ground. They said that this is the first incident of mass deaths in this in India, and the cause is not yet known. And in Sykeston, Missouri, they found more than 1,000 dead birds. They discovered the carcasses of red-winged blackbirds, brown-headed cowbirds, grackles, and European starlings found in the fields along Wakefield Road out in Sykeston, Missouri. People also saw many birds showing signs of physical injury in areas near the road, and most of the birds had been roosting in their habitat, and the species that have been identified as, as dead commonly travel and roost together in very large flocks. Now, we're told that based on the conditions of the dead birds and the injured birds, the location and the weather conditions, biologists say that it's reasonable to conclude that the flock was spooked during the weather event uh, that experienced high winds, lightning, and some hail Sunday evening and got caught up in high winds or lightning and were injured in that way. A thousand birds. And in uh, Guinea-Bissau, as of the 28th of February, they have experienced at least 648 vultures that have died. They say the figure is continuing to rise in what represents a massive blow to this nation's vulture populations. Authorities are confused because the dead birds have been found across several areas, and there's been a wide dispersion of victims. They say this has complicated the case, discovery of what's going on, the precise cause of the deaths of these vultures remains to be established. Uh, nobody knows. 648 uh, vultures dead. And we've got some volcanoes happening here. Russia's highest volcano, Kalchevsky, has erupted and sent ash 20,000 feet into the air. Uh, the aviation code has become orange. They're concerned about uh, the volcano's impact to flights, airline flights. Now, this active volcano is the highest in Eurasia with an elevation of over 15,000 feet. And researchers last year raised concerns after they discovered that the volcano, which was considered extinct until 2017, just three years ago, they said that this volcano could produce an eruption as large as Vesuvius in 79 AD. In a published study, these researchers wrote that we should recall Pompeii, 
the awakening of Vesuvius was precedented by a lull for several thousand years. And then, remember the eruption in Peru in 1600, which led to a cooling in Europe and famine in Russia. Uh, Volcanologists are really concerned about this volcano. Considered extinct up until 2017, it's become very active, and uh, they're really kind of worried about it. And in Turkey, there was an earthquake in the last week, uh, two weeks actually, since we spoke. It uh, killed eight people. It was a magnitude 5.7 on the Turkey and Iran border. And in Tamnabar, Indonesia, they had a quake yesterday at a 6.2. Honduras is experiencing really terrible floods. Disasters authorities in Honduras have reported severe weather causing almost 800 people to be displaced from their communities. And all in all, about 18,000 people have been affected by the flooding in Honduras. And there is a lot of flooding all across the planet and a lot of very unusual temperatures and weather patterns. And in Moscow, in Russia, uh, they have had the warmest winter since they started keeping records 140 years ago. Moscow has, uh, for the last few months, been largely uh, deficient in snow. Moscow, Russia, no snow. They say it's their warmest winter since records began. And in the UK, they have the new record for the wettest February and 90-mile-an-hour winds. So, wow, the climate's in a tremendous upheaval. Canary Islands... They've had some tremendous windstorms uh, two weeks ago, causing severe damage to banana plantations. They said that about 8,000 banana farms have been affected by this storm. However, since much of the fruit for this season had already been harvested, <clears throat> excuse me, they tell us that the consequences of this current damage, we will feel this next year. There will be banana shortages, perhaps, <clears throat> at least for those countries that get their bananas out of the Canary Islands anyway. And another story that indicates a lot of climate upheaval. Uh, Some people say that this comes from fishing nets. But hundreds of dead dolphins have washed up on France's Atlantic coast, with many more predicted. This is according to a French monitoring group for marine animals. Around 670 dead cetacetations have been found on beaches since mid-February, guys. That's not even three weeks. And among, you know, the hundreds of protected cetaceans, there were also whales, dolphins, and others. 670 in two and a half weeks. Ugh. All right, let's talk about science a little bit. This is amazing. Um, There's this guy in Australia who has come up with something pretty remarkable. I don't know much about it, but I'm going to read it to you. This is brand new technology. It was developed by an Australian, uh, Sydney, Sydney Australian uh, emeritus professor who has applied for patents and have been granted patents for his laser-driven technique for creating fusion energy. Wow. Unlike earlier methods, the technique is completely safe, so they say, as it does not rely on radioactive fuel and leaves no toxic radioactive waste. He calls it HB11 Energy, and he secured its intellectual property rights in Japan last week. 
following recent grants in China and the United States. The professor has said that HB11 Energy's concept differs radically from other experimental fusion projects. He said, after investigating a laser-borne fusion approach for over four decades, I am thrilled that this pioneering approach has now received patents in three countries. We will establish Australia's first commercial fusion company and the world's only system focused on safe hydrogen boron reaction using lasers. Wow. Wow. These scientific achievements are coming at us in all directions. An average person just can't hardly keep up with this. Science is advancing so quickly. Most people are going, what? A hydrogen boron laser reactor? What is that? Now, if you're interested, look it up. Anyway, he's got the patents for it, and apparently that's what they're going to be working on coming up. Maybe a new and safe approach to fusion energy. And, man, you guys have got to see this. You've got I wish I could show you pictures. So I challenge you to look it up on the net. Uh, now we're going to go into ancient history here as we talk about the giant armadillo fossils discovered in a dried-up riverbed in Argentina. Uh, you got to see these pictures. Uh, this farmer found 20,000-year-old remains of four prehistoric armadillos that grew to the size of a car and he found them in the bottom of a dried-out riverbed that was located in the Argentina capital of Buenos Aires. you got to check this out. These things are immense. You know, armadillos are kind of cute. They're weird-looking. they got those funny little tails. And you, you ought to see one the size of a car. This is oh, awesome. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, it, it's just awesome. It's amazing. We, we think about dinosaurs and what dinosaurs look like, but I bet none of you have imagined a giant armadillo. And this is wild stuff. Uh, they're kind of cute, actually. I mean, they're huge. Local media said that the farmer stumbled across these four glyptodonts, which is their word for a heavily armored am- a mammal that lived during the Pleistocene epoch and were relatives of the present-day armadillos. Now, they developed in South America around 20 million years ago and spread to southern regions of North America after the continents connected several million years ago. And you guys, fossils, armadillos the size of cars. I love that. It's a beautiful sight. History is amazing. So we have a new mini-moon in our skies. Uh, Earth's probably in the process of getting two moons. Even though they say it's temporary, it might not be. This might be cosmic history unfolding. We watch the Earth changes and the shifts in politics and all of the many changes in science. And we live in a time of accelerating change. And as we look back to the past with fossils and discoveries from uh, thousands and millions of years ago, which are steadily on the rise, science is finding so many things, I thought it was appropriate to bring you a quote by Carl Sagan from his book, The Demon-Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. And from that book, I quote you his, what he said. Carl Sagan said, One of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. 
Wow. That's strong. No. That's strong. Strong to think yeah. about. And, you know, often we're aware that we're not really told history as it is or as it was. So, anyway, it's a fascinating life, and we're living in a time of tremendous, exciting, and somewhat disturbing changes. But what a time. It's full of potential. So from my heart to each one of you, much love and encouragement to use that beautiful potential you're born with to move forward and carry the world to its best possible place, as I know that you all are going to do. It's going to be a long time to be away from you till March 31st, but I'll try to endure, <laughs> and I'll get back <laughs> with you on the 31st of March. All right, everybody okay. take good care and love all of you. Thank you, Ariel. Good night. Thanks so much, Anastasia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, lots of news tonight. So, um, Lavendar, I'm going to open up your mic, and our guest, Debbie, open your mic up. Hi. Wait for that thing to stop spinning. Hello, Debbie. Welcome to the Hello. show. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. Well, when we're pleased to have you. So, Lavendar, um, I'm here. you're going to lead us off, so go ahead and uh, take it away. So, Debbie, I, you sent me some beautiful cards, and I think they're absolutely marvelous, and I want to know all about them. But first, let me welcome you to our show and know that we have a lot of awake star seeds that are ready to listen to you. So why don't you just start out by talking about your childhood and how you discovered spirit? Yes, as Ariel said at the beginning, it was uh, a bit of a rocky start. So anybody that's just starting on this journey, don't assume that everything is going to be smooth and easy. We have, uh, as I call, hills and and, uh, dells as we go all along the way. So mine actually happened when I was about four years of age. Uh, My parents were going through a separation, which turned into a divorce. And then uh, my mom, my twin brothers, who were three years younger than me, all were bundled up and went to live with my grandparents for a while. And it was then when it, it, uh, I had my first encounter with spirit. And I call it an encounter because at that time, I had no one there to say, hey, it's okay, this is spirit, this is the kind of thing that happens, it's all right. So um, imagine this, I'm in bed Uh, four years of age uh, in a darkened room because we didn't have lights in those days and my grandparents certainly wouldn't have wasted electricity to have a a light on just because a child was scared of the dark. And the whole room lit up in front of me. And I awoke and I saw at the end of my grandmother's bed, and in those days they had baseboards on the bed, these little ethereal energy beings coming down out of the ceiling. Well, at that time I didn't realize they were little ethereal energy beings. I do now. But, of course, they came and sat on the, on the end of my grandmother's bed. And I think they were just trying to reassure me that this transition that we were going through, it wasn't going to last and everything would be okay and all of those kind of things. Because that's usually what spirit, they just want to reassure us. And, of course, as I say, uh, at that time I didn't know. So, of course, I screamed. And I uh, quickly, my mom came up and said, oh, you know, you're just having a bad night. Then go back to sleep. There's nothing wrong, etc." So... This sort of happened a few times, and I think the spirit thought, okay, this kid is being really frightened by this, so we'll stop coming to her in that way. And that's when I started playing with my imaginary friends. And for anybody out there that had imaginary friends, yes, I always say there are spirits uh, that come to see us and play with us and just to be with us. And for anybody that has young children at the moment that are having this 
what I call little chattering away and playing with themselves. There's nobody else in the room. Just assume spirits there, just being with them. Because they're having fun, and that's that's basically it. We're very connected to spirit until about the age of eight or nine, and then that's when it starts to um, appear or be in a different way. So all through my childhood, I suppose on and off, because it wasn't an all-on thing, I was seeing spirit. And of course, fast forward, I'm a teenager, traveling on the bus backwards and forwards to school. I'm on the top of a double-decker, and anybody that's Uh, seen images of London you'll see those big red buses with uh, uh, two layers on them well I was on the top top level and uh, I was traveling back from school and I just happened to be sitting in the seat look down and I saw Jesus and of course I jumped up in whole excitement and said hey look there's Jesus there's Jesus and Anybody that's listening will know that if they travel on public transport, when somebody does that, everybody just backs away and looks at you in a very strange way. And of course, that's what happened. And somehow that must have got back to my mother, who uh, then marched me off to see a psychiatrist. And yeah, I would have probably ended up in a, in a white little coat strapped from behind with my arms wrapped around me and in a padded room because many people at that time in the uh, 1960s uh, that were hearing voices were usually noted as being psychotic. So Spirit basically said to me, well, I'm sorry, kiddo, you're going to have to just suck it up and pretend you made it all up and then get on with life. This is sometimes what happens. We're sorry about this. Yes, you did see Jesus. And of course, I went to church to see all these images of Jesus. So, uh, and then of course, it was me going, how come every time I see you, there's, a, there's some kind of negative outlay, negative fallout from it. And it's like, well, you know, we're not trying to make it negative. It's just the way people are at the moment. Don't worry, you'll be okay. So I, I started using a, a, a tarot deck. I don't know what age it was, probably in my teenage years. And I got given a deck or found a deck. I can't really remember that back, far back, because so many things have happened and it wasn't in my I see an important thing to remember. And so I played with this deck and I would do readings for people. And uh, there came a point in my, uh, in my mid-20s, I think it was, early 20s or mid-20s, when I got the opportunity to go and learn how to read the tarot properly and get a certificate at the end of it. And that was a big deal for me because certificates and things like that were certainly not of that age and that era. So I went on this this course and it turned out what happened was I wasn't there to be on the course to learn how to read tarot. I was there on that course to connect with other people reading the tarot in the same way I was reading it, which was, I found out later, to be intuitively. We didn't need to do the book. We didn't need to do the step-by-steps. We were just connecting and getting it that way. So that was the purpose. So anybody that's out there that's listening in and says, yeah, but I went on this workshop. I really felt guided by spirit to do it. And then I get there and it was a waste of my time. So we say, just take a moment to connect and understand what else is happening. What did you see? What did you hear? Who did you meet? Because sometimes it's not the workshop. It's getting you in the location or the place to experience what they need you to see. And of course, if they just said, hey, turn up at this place at this time, you go, well, why? So they put other things there for us. So I met some other people, and at that time, it was way before internet. So there was no internet, nothing like that. We read a book, we went on a workshop, or one of us would read something and then share it with the others, and 
so on. And that is exactly how it happened, that we would meet once a week, do a meditation, do something that was spiritually uh, minded, and then keep building on it. And that was, it was at that point that uh, somebody in the group said, hey, there's this fantastic place that does mediumship. Maybe if we save up all our pennies and go, we can go on this, this course and uh, learn a bit more and take it to the next level kind of thing. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, some of us from the group uh, took some time, went to the Arthur Finley College of, it was then known, I think, as the Arthur Finley College of Metaphysics. Now I'm not sure what it's called, but it's still under the Arthur Finley College and they, they offer so many amazing workshops and so many amazing courses there that it's just grown from what it was and at that time I think they were just doing mediumship and healing and I got the honor of learning from Gordon Higginson who uh, was one of the uh, what I call the uh, main mediums clairvoyance of our time that could also do physical mediumship which I'm not going to go into tonight but he was an amazing gentleman and he did it what I call the old school way you didn't just turn up, do a weekend course, and assume you could class yourself as a clairvoyant medium. You had to put in the time. You had to put in the effort and energy. And that's what we did. And we kept working at it and working at it. And in fact, it was so funny because at that time, he had said to me, you will not be doing platform mediumship until you uh, reach your 50s. And of course, I'm a young woman. I'm in my 20s, 30s. I'm like, I'm going to wait till I'm an old lady to do this. And what he was actually saying was true because I didn't do platform mediumship until I reached into my 50th year on this earth. And I had been doing readings, I had been doing all those other things, but I hadn't been doing it in a larger way to groups until that point. And amazingly enough, it was because it was my choice. I, I really just liked working individually with people and not in a big group. So I love the way that sometimes we feel it's a punishment from spirit, whereas it's not actually a punishment. It's a way that they're sharing, this is what's going to happen. And of course, we as humans think we're being held back. We can't do it. It's not for us and those kind of things. So, and of course, it wasn't until I was in my 50s that I created the oracle deck and sort of that brings us back into where i am today uh you know i'm very blessed to be able to have created four decks two oracle decks one for adults and one for children uh two affirmation decks and three of those decks have actually been uh transformed into mobile apps as well so it's an amazing blessing that i've had and an amazing journey thus far and i know it's not over it's just beginning <laughs> Yes, well, that's quite a that's quite a journey that you've been on. Are you in England now? Where do you live now? Well, I actually uh, moved from England in uh, 1997, and that's a completely new story, a different story. Where I met my husband, who was Canadian. Oh, he wasn't my husband then, but I met my uh, husband, who was Canadian, and he was past life regressionist, still is, and we ended up coming to Canada, and I live in Ontario, southern Ontario, in Canada. And, oh. and at the moment, I'm not actually in there. I'm in Mexico enjoying the sunshine. So uh, okay. I, I travel all over the place. So I'm, as I say, I'm very blessed with uh, what I get to do and how I get to get that kind of thing. Well, these cards are beautiful. And, and, and the artist that did them, Heather Brewster, yes. uh, did she do all of your decks or just no, this one? No, she didn't. She did 
this one and I wanted her to work on all of my decks and and again I think this is where spirit just step in and say no (laughs) and of course at that time when I was working on the children's deck she was busy doing something else and that's I work with Kim Dreyer who is another amazing uh, artist uh, that a graphic artist that pulled together and came up with some amazing uh, ideas and thoughts surrounding that deck in fact Anybody that has seen the vibrational Earth Children deck, which is the children's deck for eight-year-olds upwards, we actually use photographs of real children. They were not uh, taken from all these agencies where they throw images. They actually use photographs of children that exist in the world I know of and who are connected in some way, who came came about um, using my decks and wanted to be part of that lovely adventure and although there's mythical characters in there and graphics and things like that we actually used all the the uh, photographs of children that uh, came forward and said let me be part of this deck so I think that was that I know that was Kim's idea because she said let's do it something different let's let's not just use imagery or angels or fairies like that let's use real image photographs of children so and for my two affirmation decks, I got drawn towards uh, a, a male uh, called um, Aaron Pine, who does some very beautiful work. And he's very attuned, connected. And it was his first or uh, first affirmation deck he worked on. And he worked on the I Am Vibrational and the I Am Sacred. And here's how I found all of these artists. And it amazes me. I Google Guide, and I laugh. People laugh at me and say, "What do you mean?" I said, "Because when I sit with the intention of trying to achieve something, and this is for anybody listening, when you're trying to achieve something and you want to go in that direction, don't just aimlessly uh, flounder, as I call it. Sit for a moment and work out what it is you want. And this is what I did. I I was looking for graphic artists, oracle decks, and those are the keywords they put in it: graphic artists, oracle decks. Um, and a couple of other words as well. And I sat there meditating before I actually sat, sat in front of my laptop. And I then typed in those words in Google. And the first, as I say, when I was working on the, the first deck, that's when Heather's name popped up. And the second deck, Kim's name popped up. And then the third deck, Aaron's name came up. Now, when I looked for them, just looking for them without that intention, I couldn't even find them. So isn't that amazing the way spirit put things in front of us so that we can find them because that's the right thing to do? Wow, yes. So so how did you come to understand the value of the Oracle deck? And there's three steps that you talk about to to maximize success. So tell us about that. Right, yes. The the three steps really um, for an Oracle deck, and just stepping aside because I use tarot, and tarot is about suit honors. It's about process that is fairly if you're thinking of using cards of any kind I invite you to play with all kinds of cards because there's no right or wrong it's just what works for you whereas an oracle deck um, whether you're a a well-seasoned professional of oracle cards or a beginner they're less structured they can just it can be based on no, nothing more than you shuffling the cards and the cards falling out and you connecting with them. And I think this is why oracle cards are so uh, beautifully received. As I say, the word oracle, 
uh, means um, is basically a response or a message given in answer to a question. So hopefully that people understand that a little bit more. So yes, reading the cards, oracle cards, whether you're using my vibrational energy oracle deck or you're using any oracle deck, because there are hundreds out there. That, and I always say to people, whatever one resonates with you is a deck to buy, the deck to connect with. If anybody has ever told you that, I always call it a mother's tale or a wife, old wives' tale, that you cannot buy your own deck. Somebody has to buy it for you, for it to work for you. Please let that wonderful thought go <laughs> and go out and buy your own deck. And there are two reasons behind that. I had nobody in my life that would buy a deck for me. Certainly wouldn't have considered it. So I would have been waiting till oh, beyond now and if I was waiting for somebody to buy one. And also, if they bought a deck for me, and what if I didn't like it? Then I'm not stuck with it because that's what the, the old wife's tale says. So let those wonderful thoughts go and just go out and buy the deck that you, you resonate with, okay? So using the cards, it is very simple. First thing, as I always say, because this is easy as one, two, three, connect to the question. What do you want an answer for? What is it you're needing to know? So I always say to people, in a safe environment, i.e. not driving your car or something like that, close your eyes and center yourself. Take a few nice cleansing breaths in and out and focus on what you want an answer to. What is your intention? What are you expecting? And with each breath in and out, think about the question you want to ask. What is the direction I need? What are the possible insights that I'm hoping for? So that's staying into your intention. And the second one is connect with the deck. Of course, go figure. How would we do a reading with an oracle deck without a deck? And there are no set rules of engagement. This is why I love oracle cards, because you can pick up a deck and basically just show them. And, of course, if you've got a new deck, you're going to the, – the thing I would say with a brand-new deck is take cards, Lay them on a, on a flat surface somewhere and shuffle them around so that you don't have them in alphabetical or numerical order because you don't want that. And anybody that has arthritis or something like this, this is a perfect way to shuffle cards. So for the rest of us, once we've done all that, we've got our cards in our hand, you shuffle them. And whether you're a poker player or not, most of us have picked up a deck of cards at some point in our lifetime and shuffled them. And some people say, well, I'm not really good at shuffling. And everybody has their way of doing it. Again, there are no set rules of engagement. Just do it. And if while you're shuffling, cards fall out, jump out, out, drop out, whatever, they're the cards. Stop shuffling. Put the deck down and use the cards that have jumped out. Take the cards. And if they don't, you can do it in each, whatever way you want. And some people say, should I tap the deck before I start? If that's how you feel, tap the deck. Should I break? Should I uh, put them in three piles and take the bottom one or the top one? If that's what you want to do or that's what you feel um, guided to do, do it that way. It's fun. This is why I say you can create your own. You can create the, your own way on how to do this. So once you've got your cards that have dropped out or out, fell out or you've uh, picked them, place them on the table face down okay, to start with. 
And then you might decide that the third card you want as your first card and second card and so on. So again, this is where we tap into our intuition. We tap into it. Okay? So now that you've got the card or cards that have been chosen for you or you've chosen, turn the card over and reflect upon what this means to you. Is it the title that stands out? The imagery, does it resonate with you of what's going on? Is it telling you a story? That's just looking at the card. We haven't even picked up the guidebook yet. What emotions do you feel or sense? This is all the things that I invite everybody to do when they're playing with an oracle deck. And I know it's so easy. Like, well, if I just read the book, it's so much easier. Of course it is. But are you wanting to tap into your intuition? Or do you want to use the book? Again, the choice is yours. See, people, at this point, when you're looking at the card and you're picking up all this information, take a moment to write it down. Because even if it seems totally out of context, you'd be surprised how things all come together and they resonate. And then after you've done that, just get a sense of feeling. Is this giving me the answer that I want? Or have I got to do a little bit more research here? Have I got to maybe pull another card or a few And of course, I say at the end, then go to the guidebook and read it. So this deck is not a fluffy deck. I have to say the vibrational energy is not a fluffy deck, as you know, Lavendar, because you've, you've used it, I'm sure. And there are some cards in there that go have what I call the not-so-light side, but everything in life has an opposite, as we all know. So life is a beach. The card life is a beach. And, of course, there is another one. Life is a B-I-T, and I won't forget the rest of it. And, of course, sometimes we can feel like that that life is giving us that. And it's throwing us rocks instead of throwing snowballs and sunshine and things like that. And that particular card has two people there and one side is dark and one side is light. But I always think of this card of like the poem Foot, Footprints. And we all, I'm sure all of you have heard that when you know, the person is in their darkest point in their life and it's like, you know, why would you leave me at this point? Why would you leave me? This is when I need you most. And that's when Jesus said, but that is when I carried you. And I love this job because the way Heather has created it is that impression there's two people there, so we're never alone. And I always think of that second person in that image as being spirit. And, of course, there's um, some which is forbidden fruit in the cards, which, again, we can look at it and we think of, oh, the Wicked Witch in Snow White. You know, she gave the uh, apple to Snow White and then Snow White fell into a deep sleep. Or maybe forbidden fruit in a particular situation that is going on in your world is about trying something new, stepping into the unknown, not going the tried and tested route. What is it Einstein said? Uh, when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results and they're not what you want, they're never going to change. So you've got to try something different. So... There are so many different cards. So as I say, they're not all, all light and fluffy and airy and giving you all the good choices. They're giving you the, okay, maybe I need to look at this. Maybe this is something I need to address. So hopefully that helps everyone and a little bit more understanding, okay? So one of the things that I have done with cards, oracle cards, all kinds of cards, is I, I write down N-O-W, now, 
and I pull yes. a card for the N and the O and the W, and then I pull yes. a card for the outcome. Right, of course. Yeah, and of course, that's what I, I see. It. That's a beautiful way of doing it. And anybody that's bought my deck or is buying my deck or has my deck, or even if you don't have my deck and you have another um, uh, Oracle deck, if you go to my website where that deck is on vibrational-energy.com, there is a free downloadable spreadsheet. There's a very in-depth reading there, which is called the five vibrational dimensions of the soul. And what that is, is a very in-depth five-step. There's 11 cards where we really dig deep into the answers that we need. And I would say to people, when you're first starting, just pull one card. And then maybe, as you said, like yours, go to the past, present, and future, or the now. What's happening now? What do I need to do? What needs to change? You know, where I am to where I can be. And again, because there's no set rules, you can use any kind of spread. If you've got one that you've used with your tarot deck, or you like a particular um, one, that, and you're thinking, well, I can't use it with an oracle deck, think again. You can. <laughs> There's so many different ways. As well. That's why I love Oracle decks because they're not in any way structured. I pull a card for the day and uh, I posted, I have a, a, a Facebook group where people go on and sometimes they post a, a, an Oracle card or I get the people that are in that group just to, I'll lay three cards down, up, um, face down and say, you know what, what card is resonating with you? What are you picking up from it? It's great to open your intuition and build upon that. And then the next day I post the cards and they, I always say there's no right, there's no wrong because whatever's resonating with you may be something you need to hear. And maybe the card you chose isn't what you expected to come through. And that's a big thing about it with Oracle decks playing with them. Just so much fun. Well, they're absolutely beautiful cards and they have really strong messages. And so mm-hmm. I'm very, very happy to to have them in my presence because they're really strong and they're very powerful. I wish you'd tell us a little bit more about vibrational energy and how you work with it. Yeah, of course. Now, uh, the concept, I suppose, or the basis of um, vibrational energy is everything in our universe, every single thing, even the chair you're sitting on or uh, the table you're sitting at, is vibrating at a particular frequency. And, of course, we know as human beings that we vibrate. And sometimes we can be in the room and we met somebody, but we just felt totally attracted to them. And I'm not talking about the, the hunky guy or the very beautiful-looking lady. I'm talking about we just feel a resonance and we're drawn to somebody. And we have a conversation and it feels like we've known them forever. That's when our, both the frequencies are vibrating at the same, uh, so both energies are vibrating at the same frequency. Sorry, I, I, I said that in such a muddled way. So that's when we get connected. And the same is sometimes we can uh, go into a room and it's like, ooh, it doesn't feel nice in here. It feels really icky. I need to get out of here. This doesn't, doesn't feel like a good place to be. And that's when we're picking up an opposite frequency to what we're vibrating. And that can happen. And it's, you know, this is when, uh, you know, I always say people feel that they want to hug a tree or lay on the grass. It's just that connection. And to explain 
a little bit of how um, vibrational energy works. Think of radio waves. Anybody that's listening to this show, you can't see it. You don't know where we are, but you've tuned into this station. You know they exist because you're listening to us at the moment. Just as we tune into, maybe we want to hear some music. Oh, sorry, I'm probably get, telling my age here. Or if we want to listen to something soft or meditation or something like that, we tune into it. We find that station that is connecting with us. And there are infinite stations, as we all are very aware. Some just don't set our frequency, just as people do. Some people just tend to vibrate at a different frequency, and we just need to get away from them. So this is, hopefully that is a little bit more understanding for people. Our thoughts and feelings, including everything in our subconsciousness, is transmitting at a particular vibration out into the universe. And anybody that knows about auras, and that, and for anybody that doesn't, an aura is like that little invisible bubble that covers us and sometimes it can be brightly colored and sometimes it can be uh, dark colors and sometimes it can be expanded outwards and sometimes it can feel like a blanket wrapping around us really tightly depending upon how we're feeling so vibrations can either work for us or not for us like when we're not in when we're in that um, frequency where somebody is just not resonating with us that we know to step away we don't feel good around them. And yet when we're with that person that feels like we're elevated, we feel like we're on a high of something. And I never been drugs, but, you know, that sort of when people are very drunk and they just feel so happy and so relaxed, and that's where it is. They're in that, uh, that state of being, if you like. That's what vibrational energy is. And the more we step into those good vibes, as they call it, because they are, The easier it is for us, the better we feel. And vibrational energy operates at high and low frequencies. It's us. And as I said, there's no wrong or right. It's just how we are. So we're feeling low esteem our health. We seem to be lower and maybe we're not feeling very positive about things. Then tune into something that raises your vibration. Picks you up takes you up, raises you until you feel good. Okay, and we can do that and it doesn't cost money. There's so much wonderful stuff that we can um, connect to on the internet, like this radio show. It's a perfect way of raising your vibration up. And if regular media is bringing you down, disconnect from it. It's okay. If certain people are bringing you down, disconnect from them and people say to me yeah but it's family then you keep them at a distance you don't have to be in that um, vibration all the time so it's basically allowing ourselves to create an inner individual energy path and heal by so let and me ask comes- let me Sorry. ask you a question about your your videos and uh, and i noticed that uh, you also can get your Oracle decks on your phone. So tell us about that. Right, yeah. The uh, Vibrational Energy Oracle deck, the Vibrational Earth Children deck. And just recently, yay, I am so excited, the I Am Sacred Affirmation deck have all been made into mobile apps. 
And for anybody that's out there and says, yeah, but I prefer to have a, a, a physical deck in my hand. Great. I, I love having a physical deck in my hand. But sometimes if I'm out somewhere and I haven't got my deck because I don't carry them around with me all the time, I can use my phone to pull up and do a reading for myself or I can pull up a card. And the uh, joy about the mobile apps is you can share them on all the social media or you can email them to yourself. You have um, a way to journal and keep a, a note of it. If you're just starting out on your journey or you're going through a patch which you're needing to um, pull a card every day, as I say, I pull a card and for myself and resonate with it and connect with it and see how it's going on. Uh, so that is a beautiful way of, with the journal to be able to do that. So what is your what what is your next project? Are you in, how long are you going to be in Mexico? Are you down there on a t- retreat or just vacation? Well, actually, when I come here, I like to do some. Um, I I do do some work. I do some charitable work. I do. I uh, I I'm very blessed because every time I arrive here and I'm in Mazatlan in Mexico. So anybody listening that's in Mazatlan, do connect with me on Facebook because I'm here and uh, we offer. You know, myself, I've connected with a wonder, some wonderful people down here. That every time I come, somebody new comes into my vibration. And we work together. And I, that's what I love about this, the synchronicity of it wasn't planned. I came down here with the intention of uh, writing uh, a lot more and getting my online, uh, the Oracle card reader course on, into an online format. Well, I have to admit and be very open that there's very little being done of that at the moment. I shouldn't maybe admit that on, uh, on air, but I'm being honest here. And the thing about it is because I've met so many wonderful people and I've got the opportunity to do all these amazing things and share with other people, it just happens that way. And so, uh, as I say, supposed to be writing, not doing a lot of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not necessarily out lounging on a beach either, although beach days do have a big part of it because that's my rest days and we need that. But I'm connecting with other people that are bringing my vibration into different levels, things that I'm connecting with. And maybe I need to change this. Maybe I need to work in another way. And I started writing a book. And whether that's actually going to come to light or whether it's just something I need to do as a process um, and uh, get it out of me, I have no idea. But uh, I've got some wonderful spirit helpers that work with me that, guide me in different directions and I've got a, a lovely person that's passed into spirit that's working with me at the moment and he's not always an easy taskmaster but I do enjoy his energy and uh, letting him just tell me some things, share some things and then contemplate on it. So nothing sp- particular that's in the works as such. I get the sense that, uh, as I shared in my predictions, 2020, there's going to be some moves and shifts and change this year for a lot of people. And, you know, it's all about intention and stepping into it. And I'm in the intention of, okay, whatever is opening up for me now, I'm ready. And that's a wonderful place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel very blessed with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm seeing what time it is, and I'd like to pass you over to my co-host, Ariel, who has the switchboard. And would you be willing to talk to some people that maybe want to call in and talk to you? Of course. I would love that. I would feel very honored and blessed. Thank you. Okay. So thank you so much, Debbie, for sending me this Oracle deck. I appreciate it so much. And I I will be using it. 
And anytime that you have another project or anything that you want to tell us about, you're always welcome to come on our radio show. Thank you so much. I've loved it. Thank you very much. So back to you, Arielle. Okay. So um, before we open up, up the switchboard, I just need to tell everyone that if you are already on the switchboard, um, then all you need to do is press 1 if you have a question for Debbie. And if you're listening um, on your computer, then just pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1 so that we know that you have a question. And um, if, if it's a, a general question, um, we're not really going to be doing um, readings for, for callers but you know general questions and certainly um before the show Debbie we were talking um about pulling some cards uh, of a general nature that would uh, apply for a lot of people and i think that um that would be a good time to now would be a good time to do that so Absolutely. um yeah just the the uh, you know the 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 current the, the very near future um things that might be um, happening, whether it's – the first thing that came to mind is, like, <laughs> when is it going to stop raining? Because <laughs> I, I, I live in a part of the country that is uh, – we've had rain five or six days a week for two months, and uh, it's it's <laughs> really kind of getting old. But um, I think now you need to be sending it to Australia. <laughs> That's where they need it. Maybe right. everybody around you that's been praying for rain in Australia and those places that are very drought-ridden at the moment, and it, it's happening on you. So maybe you can bundle it up and parcel it to them. So let me just shuffle the cards and let's just yeah. see. Because this year, um, you know, I, I anybody that follows me on YouTube, if you go to Predictions 2020, uh, it was a channeled message that was given to me earlier on in the year last year. Uh, to do with this year and you know the big concentration or the big focus for all of us is stepping into the I am and for anybody out there going what the heck is she talking about okay we have anybody that's a, a, a lady and female I apologize gentlemen I'm not picking you out or um, you know uh, singling you out in any way and saying that ladies have it more difficult but we as females tend to be the mother, the daughter, the sister, the, the doer, the fetcher, the carrier, and all the rest of it. And there are many men out there that do that as well. So when we all become distracted from our purpose, focusing on everybody else's purpose, we lose sight of ourselves. And Spirit really wanted us to connect and remind ourselves that we're here on our journey. This is your journey. This is my journey. And everybody else that's listening in, that is your journey. And if you're not fulfilling it for yourself in the I am frequency, then you are going to be struggling. It really is a very struggling kind of thing. And you don't want that. And of course, this year, we've already gone through January, and it wasn't an easy transition. And anybody listening to that uh, pre-recording, I stated that. And I'm not being, um, you know, here I am, the oracle of, of everything and the uh, seer of things. But this is how uh, Spirit shared it to me. And, you know, it was a case of don't 
you know, we have to step into our own reality. We can't suppress all those things that are building up around us. We need to create and be who we want to be. And everything is without judgment. And that's another thing for any of you listening in, if you're still judging others or what we tend to do a lot is judge yourself and let go of it. This is about nourishing yourself, the frequency of being loved, loving yourself unconditionally, loving those around you unconditionally. There's many people that I've let go of in my life that uh, I feel that they, they're no longer needing to be in my life, but I can still love them, but from afar. And as we've just moved into March, every intentional thought you put into practice will become your reality. So stop and think about that. And please, you know, this is about stepping away from the ego, bringing everything into balance, like the heart and head, bringing it into balance. And my weekly reading that was posted this week is, Head plus heart equals balance. And it is. We can't be in this constant core vibration of fighting. We need to step into the balance of being. And when we think, what we think we become, what we put into practice will become our reality. So don't, if you're stepping into the negative side at the moment because things are just not going right in your world, then sit down and write a letter to yourself. This is what I want out of life. This is what I want. And keep reading that letter. You don't have to share it with anybody else because this is the time when we're acknowledging both light and dark, bringing them into balance, being there, being in gratitude. As we move through March into April into May, that almost like that transformation when we stepped into our own vibration, our own reality of this will be. Even when it feels that it's darkest, it's not going to be there. You keep saying the mantra, this will be, this will be, this is what I want, this is where it's going to take me and all the rest of it, even if it seems totally impossible. Because the more we mantra that, the more it becomes. So hopefully that helps anybody that's listening in just on a overall level because this is a very important what i call a sparkling year it's a new decade a new beginning look at the the numbers 2020 how could you expect any more than that they're beautiful numbers we've moved from the old dogged uh, way into the hey i'm worthy i am going to do my thing and not feel bad about it. I'm not talking about being selfish because I always say it's looking after the self. That's very important. And this year for any light workers out there that are listening in, you know you can already feel it. You sense it. You know it's there. Even if you can't tangibly touch it or taste it yet. You just know. There's a different vibration we've been shifted across if you like. And for anybody that's not feeling it, then that's okay too. They're just going to be in their own frequency. As I said earlier on, they're going to be tuned into their own radio station. So don't worry about it. It's okay. Okay. So um, I was I was really kind of just joking about asking when it's going to stop raining, <laughs> just, like, just, to, <laughs> just to, to clear that up. But, you know, I think in general, you know, from our um, our clients' 
we tend to see trends and um and when we talk to people um i've just become aware that a lot of people are having um major issues especially physical mm-hmm. 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 and um and it's it's widespread so can you um shed any insights on what's yeah, really I taking can. place again this is what we think okay so think about this Last year, I had so many people that I knew or knew of with heart-related issues. Now, I don't know if I'm alone or not, but there were heart-related issues, either people having to have heart transplants or heart stents put in their heart or heart-related issues. Now, when we think of the heart being the center of us and how that connects to everything, are we heart-centered? Are we in heartache? Are we heartbroken? Just think of the words that we use, you know, and think about that in a very conscious awareness. I love the author Debbie Shapiro. Uh, she's written this amazing book called The Body Mind Workbook. And I think it's still in print. It's my go-to Bible. She looks at the parts of the body, the size of the body, and the resonance of diseases and those kind of things. And they're all in this manifestation of what we believe, what we're brought forward and things like that. I have people that sort of say things like, oh, well, I'm going to go bald because, you know, baldness runs in my family. And I said, well, if that's what you believe, yeah, you're going to have it happen. So think about this, people. When you're, the way you react to something or the words that you use, and I'm not saying that we have to, you know, be a, a, a word soldier and not say words because we're scared that it might resonate, but people that keep saying, oh, this person is a pain in the neck. And they're constantly using that same phrase over and over again. It manifests within us. So look at how you speak to yourself. Look at how you listen to the words of others and how that resonates with you. Because if you don't feel that those words belong to you, but you're taking them on board, then it becomes part of your consciousness. I hope that's understandable and I haven't stepped into this abyss of, um, you know, people being in that sort of, oh, my God, I don't know what she's talking about. So you don't have to worry about that. Our our audience is very metaphysical and I'm sure understand exactly. I can see them sitting out there nodding their heads in agreement. Um, So, yeah. It's very much stepping into intention this year. And I always say that that's all we have in life, our intention. So be very conscious of what you're thinking. You know, as I say, you don't have to have the consciousness police there all the time. But if you keep saying a certain phrase over and over again, or you're hearing a person saying a certain thing, just see where that's how, what's happening in their life at that moment and how that's resonating with them. Because, yes, um, there have been, I think, in the last few years, a lot of beautiful souls that have returned to spirit. You know, we've only got to look in uh, with Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and some of the other great people that have been there guiding us from the ground, as I say, the grassroots, as it were, that have returned to spirit. And I think that's because they have to be there now to work with us, to help us now in these transitions that we're going through. Because, yes, things, we're in a very... um, 
beautiful environment, a beautiful world. And some people might say, yeah, well, it may be from where you're sitting. You're sitting in Mexico in the sun and all the rest of it. I'm standing in the rain and it's really horrible for, um, from where I am looking. But I, I used to live in Vancouver, British Columbia, and there was a lot of rain there. And uh, somebody said to me in the wintertime, well, you don't have to shovel it. And if you didn't have rain, you wouldn't have rainbows. So this is, and I'm not saying we have to always put the, um, what is it, Pollyanna effect onto everything. But if we don't do that and we're constantly bringing ourselves down, well, dig your hole, jump into it, pull the, pull the soil over your head and wait till everything passes. Because we're in a time at the moment where, yes, there is bad going on in the world, or not so good, as I say. But from everything that is not so good, something just incredibly amazing comes from it. You know, I've been following people that are looking at environmentally friendly ways uh, instead of having this polystyrene for packaging and things like that. And they're now using banana leaves, you know, bamboo for straws. So... For everything we think is bad, something good is always there the opposite because that's the balance. We have day, we have night. We have winter, we have summer. And each of those comes into this amazing balance that spirit just go, we're giving you this opportunity. You need to see the other side of it now. And, you know, uh, in Canada, for anybody who's listening from Canada, uh, they had Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD, they call it, M-A-D-D, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, drink, drink Driving or Drunk Drivers. And that came about, sadly, because of people that they lost to drunk drivers. But what came out of this was this amazing body of individuals that said, we're going to bring this awareness to others, just as everybody brings different awarenesses to us in our world, in our lives. So never assume that it's the dark and everything's bad. Because look at it this way. In our day, anybody that's watched the sunrise, it gets so, so dark just before the sun rises. The expression, it's always the darkest before the dawn. And then the beautiful light comes in and fills the void. And then at the end of the day, the, the sun goes down, the moon comes up, and we go over it all again. So never assume that, you know, uh, what is it, the sky is falling, the chicken little. Because if we assume <laughs> that and we keep in that vibrant, that uh, vibrational frequency, then yes, our sky will fall. And, you know, I, I, I shared with people the, the law of the garbage truck. And I'll share it very quickly with you here. You know, we have a bad day. A driver cuts us off. And then we, we get into work and then we trip up the step. And then we, we drop our coffee over our things. You can see where this is going. If we continually look at it and go, well, of course, this all started with the, you know, the driver cutting me off and et cetera, et cetera. So we keep throwing that garbage into the back of our truck and we carry it around with us all day. Or we can change that frequency, that vibration, and say, the guy cut me off. Holy Hannah, just imagine what would have happened if he'd hit me. Thank you, spirit. Wow, thank you. So I stubbed my toe. Maybe that spirit saying to me, I need to slow down. I'm going too fast. I'm rushing. Maybe right. the cup of coffee over there ruined my paperwork. And I have to say, I had an experience. I think it was last year, yeah, last year, where I had been working on some amazing work. 
And I had it all in this section on my computer called download because uh, it was easier for me to find on my computer. And then I did an, uple uh, an update and download delete was deleted completely. And all my months and months of work was deleted. And I can tell you, I was in absolute chaos. I was ranting and raving to spirit of how could you do this? Why did you let this happen? Why did you let me do this update? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just got total silence. And I felt this absolutely awash. I, I spent maybe a whole day just going, there must be a way to retrieve it. There must be a way. I never retrieved it. I have to tell anybody that's listening. I've never retrieved it. So what did I get out from it? What was my takeaway? That maybe what I was writing was not relevant. And now I'm writing something different, and I'm saving it in a very safe place now. <laughs> Sometimes... Things happened. As I say, shifts happen. And yeah, right. I was absolutely livid because I had spent months and months and months working on it. And I lost it all. And that has to be the vibration of maybe the frequencies changed. Maybe at the time when I was writing this, this was relevant, but now maybe something has shifted completely and the rest of it was not relevant. And so that information would have been like old stuff. So the law of the garbage truck, let it go. See, take the nuggets with you, as I always say. So you had a crappy marriage. Oh boy, oh boy, been there, done that, got the scars. But move into the transition. I have a beautiful son that would not have ever manifested, appeared or been if I hadn't have been in that marriage because I had to have a hysterectomy very early on in age and I couldn't have any more children. If I hadn't met that man, married that man, gone through all the pain and suffering and all the things that I went through, I would not have had my son or we wouldn't have had our son. So that's the nugget I take away. And then I let him go. There's no point in reliving that whole scenario again. It's old news, as I say. It's back page right. news. Move on to the front page. What are you wanting to bring forth for yourself? What are you wanting to manifest? What are you attracting? And bring that forward. And I actually pulled three cards while we were doing this. So I wanted to um, say the first card was release. So anybody that's still hanging on to crap, that doesn't work for you, create your own paradigm. Create a new paradigm. Do something different. Let go of everything. Don't have the law of the garbage truck dragging it along with you. The second card I drew was quiet time. Find your serenity and create it and be it. You know, people say to me, but how come you do what you do? Years and years of meditation, doing these things, writing, listening, speaking, all of those things. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, I think it was Willie Nelson that said it took him 50 years to become an overnight success. Right. So don't <laughs> right. beat yourself up. Baby steps. Be happy that you're getting spirit communicating with you and helping you. Maybe that's what's needed at the moment. Maybe those little messages you're getting from spirit, those things that you're connecting to, are what you need at the moment. And never assume you're on the wrong pathway. We're always where we should be at any given time. Even if at the moment it feels like, well, this is not real much like fun. I want to be somewhere else. I want to be doing something else. I don't want to be me anymore. 
to change the vibration, change it to where you need to be, make those steps going forward. So quiet times is about meditation, contemplation, review, being almost in a solitude type silence of yourself. Sometimes my mind chatter is going 10 to the dozen in my head and I have to just switch it off. And this is something for anybody that's trying to balance head and heart. Your ego resides in your head. It has to be there. It's how we live, how we breathe, how we eat, how we sleep, and all of those things. It's needed. It's like the mainframe of our computer. And then what you put into it are your programs. Just like we put programs into our laptops. That's the software. This is what you're bringing forward. So if you need to change stuff, change it. But don't keep fighting the, the ego. This is something that I'll share with everybody, and it's in my weekly reading. I've shared it there this week. And it is when your head, you start getting that, you can't do this, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, how dare you, da 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 da. You know, it's usually negative, it's usually controlling, it's usually in the um, almost like a big sister or brother telling you you can't do something, or mom, or whoever. And I always just say, thank you for sharing. And you can try this physically with somebody. When somebody's telling you, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, and all those rolling around that comes out, just say, thank you for sharing. Say it a couple of times, and eventually they'll stop. And you don't <laughs> feel that resonance. It just, this way it just stops the mind chatter and then allows us to go into our hearts. And so if you try that physically with somebody, when they're ranting or telling you you shouldn't be doing something or who do you think you are, that kind of thing. In that frequency, just say, thank you for sharing. I appreciate your sharing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And eventually they do stop. And that's what happens with our ego. It stops. It's just there to protect us. It doesn't want us to make mistakes. It doesn't want us to stand on the stage and make a fool of ourselves. It wants us to just be safe. Because that's what it's, it's basically programmed for. So try that. And so the third card I pulled was the Pleasure Dome. This year is about having fun, setting your intention. What do I want out of life? What do I want for me in the I am frequency? What am I? Who am I? Why am I? And allow that to open up and happen. So sorry, I babbled on. I apologize. It just... Sometimes the information just comes out and I keep talking. So I will hit it <laughs> now. And uh, if there are any questions, I hope we can uh, get to them all. Okay. Well, um, so, so far we don't have anybody that has um, called in with a question. Um, okay. So, uh, but, so the, the third, I, like, I would like you to expound on that. The pleasure dome, because I really yeah. I like the way that sounds. Yeah. So many, I mean, well, especially you know, like around around here in our in our you know community and organization, yeah. um, we have been working and working. I mean, it's just it's been like a tidal wave of yeah. of star seeds waking up and finding their way to us, and um, and yeah, we're all looking forward to the quiet time and having yeah. some pleasures because it's, you yeah. can't work, you know, from, from oh. the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep yeah. and, and, and achieve any kind of balance. So Absolutely. would you talk more about, about the, yeah. so the pleasure, the pleasure dome, dome. Is, it's, it's not all about play. Like we can't, 
you know, uh, somebody said to me, oh, I got my own business, so I don't have to work a 40-hour week. And I'm like, no, you'll work probably 120, if not 200-hour week. Welcome <laughs> to the world of, of uh, being in business for yourself. But here's the thing. I learn when I need to take a break, when I need to step away, when I need to play. And that's what the Pleasure Dome is about. It's that balance, finding the balance within and without. So you're not just all doing, but it is learning to say, I'm, I'm entitled to taking some time off here. I'm entitled to play a little bit. It's giving yourself permission to accept that and welcoming in that vibration of pleasure and fun. Yeah, because if you've been working like you have, give yourself a great pat on the back. You've done well. You've achieved some amazing things. And you deserve time out. You deserve to take some rest, respite, as I call it. And again, this is very much this year, this whole vibration of the I am. Releasing, contemplating, putting things together, and then playing. And those three cards, I think, the epitome of this year for everyone. Put in the work. Clear the stuff. And if there's something you say, yeah, but I've done all this shifting. I've done all that. If there's something still there, dig up the ruddy skeletons and have a look because you obviously didn't uncover and get rid of any something that you should have done. I always say, when you find the skeleton that's still there that you thought you had got rid of, smash the smithereens out of it and get rid of it completely. Allow it to be into dust and return to the earth again because it doesn't need to be in your vibration. And I think a few people are finding that, yeah, I've still got this attachment or this person seems to not want to let me go. Well, then you need to detach from them. You need to let them go. And, of course, always with love. Always let somebody go with love. Never with hatred, never with anger, never with any of those things because that will be what you carry forward into the next relationship or the next situation. Right. So we release with love, unconditional love. We don't have to love them. We just say, you know, be on your way. I love you. I let you go. Find your own happiness. And that can be a job. That can be right. a situation. It can be a person. Any of those things. That way we're not standing in judgment. Because maybe that person was in our life at that moment to show us that side. Maybe that was something we needed to see or experience. And then we were smart enough or it was time to let go and move on. But if you're dragging that with you, my, I, I'll, I'll share our story. My, my parents divorced, as I said, when I was four. And sadly, I had a, a disconnect from my father due to lots of circumstances. And I reconnected with him when I was in my uh, mid-30s. And I, um, I asked him a question because my mother still was so angry with my father, still had so much pain and hatred from, for him. And I, I always heard it all the time whenever she spoke about him or anything to do with him. And so it was resonating in me. And one of the first questions I asked my father when I met him is, um, do you ever think of mom? And he said, no, I don't. How's she doing? So here you had a person that was feeling this anger, this frustration for, uh, you know, I'm 38, my parents divorced when I was four, so there's like 20 something years, 20 plus years. And the other person hadn't even thought of them. And so here's two different frequencies. 
which one right. was the better. I'm concluding my father had achieved the better one because he wasn't hanging on to old stuff. Yeah, there were things there that we spoke about and um, went through, but he hadn't been holding on to it so tight to his heart that it was not allowing him to move on and do other things. So that's something to consider when we are hating somebody or we uh, constantly, you know, have them in our thoughts. You know, I've let my ex go and uh, I've let him go with love and understanding that we had to be in our, each other's lives at that time for a particular reason. And as I say to people, in, in life, people come in for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And when we acknowledge that and accept that, then it allows us to move forward. We can't be in regret right. all the time. So it rains. Get out your umbrella. Right. Go get your welly boots on and play in the puddles. <laughs> so it's going. Go and take your shovel and shovel the snow. Maybe you need the exercise. And I'm being facetious here, but I think you're getting the drift of where I'm coming from on this. It's oh, absolutely. You just, you know, it's not the Pollyanna syndrome. It's just you have a choice every day. You have 24 hours. You wake up in the morning or if you're a night worker in the evening, you have 24 hours which you can make a difference for you and more likely the people around you as well. Because I don't know about anybody listening, but I like to be around people that are happy, that are enlightened, that are just brimming with that excitement. I certainly don't want to be around the naysayers and the people that are constantly feeding me negative thoughts and waves all the time because it does right. drag you down. And so, you know, disconnect from it. Don't watch the media. Don't spend so much time on social media. Spend time talking with people, connecting with people, real people. Right. People on social right. media, this is, but I'm not around. I don't have any friends. So the people you have on social media, on Facebook, you can chat to them in visual. It's so amazing. <laughs> so yeah. spend that time doing that. You know, feed yourself things that are great. There's a, you know, some like your your radio shows. There are lots of different places on the internet that offer so many positive and thought invoking things. Bring that into your realm. Bring that into your vibration. And then shuffle the rest away. So you have a dark day, you have an off day, you have a bad day. Eat ice cream, shut the door, shut the social media, shut the media off, and just have a down day. Just being you. Because maybe that's what your vibration needs. Maybe you need to disconnect. And this is a wonderful time that we're moving into it's different and it's going to be really different if we step into our own vibration and set our intention and move forward with that. Well, that is very good advice and it has just been such a pleasure having you with us this evening. Um, Thank you. And I want to, um, I want to say one more time that your website is vibrational-energy.com. And you have a lot of resources on there. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, your your blog and um, the things that you have to download. Um, that I think you said it was some, some kind of worksheet that goes along with the yes, with I'll the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you so, can download um, that for anything, any Oracle deck reading. Excellent, excellent. So everybody, you know, check it out, and um, we thank you so much for um, spending this time with us, Debbie. 
And Thank let you us know, you know, when you are, um, uh, when it warms up in Canada and you can go home <laughs> again. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you have uh, something else, a project that you want to announce, please keep us in mind because we'd love to have you back on. Okay. I certainly will. Thank you so much. I've had great fun. Oh, it's been wonderful meeting you. And um, for everyone, we will be back, as I said at the beginning of the show, on March 31st because we're leaving for Arkansas and we'll, and it's just timed out that way. So it will be March 31st. So we have over 400 shows in the archives. There's plenty to, uh, to keep you well fed until we return. And until then, remember to find joy, compassion, kindness, and most of all, live in gratitude. Until we are back on March 31st, take care, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.